welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 57, Event Updates, Soul Blueprints, Toroidal Fields, and the Lunar Eclipse with Linda Good McGillis. We're really excited to have Linda join the show again. She's bringing forth all of her wisdom as usual, and uh, she's going to give us some new updates on the event uh, and what we can expect with this lunar eclipse coming in at the end of July. It is a total lunar eclipse, and it is part of the last trinity of eclipses that has happened since August last year. So we're going to get a lot of information on the energies of that, what is happening, how it's going to affect all of us, and its connection to the veils being ripped off. Uh, We're also going to talk about the importance of this lunar eclipse in relation to the Mayan calendar. And we're going to do some reflective work on looking back into 2012, specifically uh, July of 2012, and how that may have a connection into this current time in 2018. What are the life connections and what are we to look out for? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about soul blueprints and the overlays of those blueprints and what it means to be awakened in relation to those blueprints. And we're going to talk about the toroidal fields. And later in the end of the show, we're also going to talk about finding our joy in the little things, how easy it is to find joy in those things and how impactful it can be, yet why many of us don't even actually take the time to recognize those joys or even know what those joys are. So we're going to get into the importance of that and how it can shift your life, not just in the moment of that day, but going forward in your relationships, your relationship with self and all that you attract into your life. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode and find out what Linda had to share with us. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. I am Nicole Frolic, one of your co-hosts, and I am here today with Lisa and Brian. And we have a little bit of a sad announcement to make. Um, Michael is no longer currently going to be on the podcast with us. He's uh, made some changes and has decided that uh, for now, departure of the podcast is probably the best uh, path for him. And so we wish him all the best on his journey And uh, who knows, he may be back from time to time for the odd show. Uh, But today we do have joining us Linda Good McGillis back again. She was on back in April where she, or I think it was May, where she talked to us about uh, the event and a whole bunch of other great stuff. So Linda, thank you so much for coming back on the show with us today. How are you? Thank you for having me, beautiful. I'm good, thank you. So, Linda, we there's been so much going on lately. And, you know, one of the things I think that, you know, you and I have talked from time to time on the phone and uh, there's been a lot of people talking about the different effects that they've been feeling from the incoming energies to the planet. And I know that we just passed a solar eclipse and we've got an upcoming lunar eclipse Uh did you want to give us any insider information, at least uh, for right now, about this, the past solar eclipse? The past solar eclipse was a partial eclipse, and it happened on Friday the 13th, which 13 is the hidden eternal promise. It's, it's the divine feminine. It's, it's, it's the hidden eternal promise of the, uh, the 13th age. If you will, and 
when we came into that, it was an 11-11 energetic day. Now, the partial solar eclipse is the first of, of three eclipses we're having in the next four weeks. But it, it is the trinity of these eclipses is the last of, of a trinity of eclipses, of three eclipses in each one, that started back in August of 21st of last year. Now, this total lunar eclipse coming up on the 27th is a completion of that, if you will. And the partial solar eclipse that we just came into was, is, was and is directly influenced by Pluto. Now, Pluto is the planet of destruction. It will destruct and destroy anything that is not holy and pure. Pluto stands for peace, love, unity, truth, oneness. Pluto represents the deepest aspects of your soul, if you will. And so anything that is not of the pure, purity and the holiness of your soul. Pluto's come in with this partial solar eclipse we just had on the 13th to crumble those faulty foundations, those ideations, those beliefs, those, those miscreation of thought forms. So that, I, Pluto, I thought Pluto was named after the um, Roman god of the underworld. I didn't know well, it stood for those five words, peace, love, unity, unity, trust, and oneness. Peace, love, unity, truth, and oneness. Spirit gave me that back in three years ago. So I think it was. Gave me a much deeper understanding of Pluto. And remember, Brian, sweetheart, it's never what the physical presents. <laughs> it's never what we're, we're told. There's always deeper meaning and deeper truth and deeper clarity that we, the human aspects of us, have not been privy to that information or have deliberately been kept from it. So do you have deeper understanding for other planet names? Well, yeah, Saturn's the lord of the underworld. Saturn's the lord of karma. Saturn is visiting us a lot this whole journey, the last five years. There's, there's a lot of significance, not only to mythology and, and everything else, but, you know, it's helpful to understand that the human only sees through lens of three chakras, the lower three, and, and the soul and the spirit see through the one eye of, of creator, which is 13 chakras, and within each one of those chakras has seven lenses, so... You have a, an expanded expand, expansion of lenses to see through and angles to, to understand, to connect all the pieces together. And some of that information, that knowledge, that wisdom can only be attained from your soul and from spirit. So what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I don't understand. I know. I know. About the, I know that Saturn's a planet, but I've never been there. Well, in the rings of Saturn, Brian, and honey, you've been there a lot more than you realize. In the, in, within the rings of, of Saturn, if you will, you have a lot of, there's a Syrian star, star base there. There's, um, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of information that so much is not available to to mankind 
So I would assume that all the pictures we've been seeing lately, the more detailed pictures that we've been seeing of Saturn, that why why don't we see pictures of the the lunar base or not the lunar uh, base? The, the, the Syrian base. star station, you mean? Sub-station? Yeah, the star station. Shouldn't well, we be able to see it? It's big, I would gather. I can answer that. I hope so. <laughs> Truth is, this fluid is a frequency one maintains within. And now you got astronomers, astronomers, you have astrologers, you have science, NASA, you got all of these different groups of people that study the planets and everything else, right? Right. Okay, so if they're studying it and they're observing it and they're perceiving it and they can only perceive it at the level of frequency they're at, then there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to miss because they're not at a frequency to see it. That's just like disclosure. Disclosure is a frequency. Everybody's waiting for a whole bunch of UFOs and starships to come out of the sky. Well... It's a frequency. It's already happened for me. I live amongst what people call extraterrestrial aliens in every given moment. I can see them. Now, Brian, I'm assuming you can correct me if I'm wrong in my assumption. It always makes an ass out of us. But I'm assuming you don't see starships yet. Yeah, I, I knew what, the, what, what question you were going to ask. No, you, that is a safe assumption. I do not see extraterrestrials and starships. Except on movies. I can give you a picture of myself, and then you can say you see an extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess we all are extraterrestrials. If we, we are. We're all, we're all, we believe that we are not the only civilized planet in the universe. Then I guess well, we're. Can planet. I blow your mind some more, honey? What's that? Can I blow your mind some more? Oh yeah, I yeah, I'm sitting down. Okay. Wait. Have you ever gone outside and studied the stars? Of course. Yeah, I love to. Okay. Every single one of those stars represents a scene from your life and experience. Have you ever seen the movie The Matrix with Neo in the room? Oh yeah. And there's a billion um, computer or TV screens, and it's showing different scenes of his life. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what every single one of those stars in the sky represents. It's an experience of your soul's life. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about your soul as a whole. That includes my fractal. That includes Nicole's fractal. That includes Lisa's fractal. Because we're all one, we're all seeing the same number of stars. Well, that's not accurate. And, And why is that not accurate? Because... You can only perceive and observe from the frequency you maintain within you. So if I'm at a, at a frequency that is more expanded than a frequency that you're at, I'm going to observe more than you're going to observe. So someone who's like clairvoyant or clair... What's the clairaudience, all, clair all the clair gifts? Yeah. Well, they're tuning in and tapping into something. Just because you're gifted, that's why people call themselves psychic. That's why people call themselves mediums. 
it's why people call themselves channelers. They have not embodied that aspect. They still tune into it outside of themselves, if you will. When you embody it, when you get to a frequency and you actually embody those essences, and you can, you have within your vessel, each one of us, every single one clear gifts and when you embody it you live it in every moment people ask me are you a psychic are you a medium it's like well you can label me that but no i am just myself in when you embody yourself or what so many refer to as your higher you don't have to tune in tap into through meditation or anything else to channel to connect to see, to hear, spirits, spirit, creator, or other spirits, or other dimensions, or other beings that are right here with you in every given moment. This is like, um, I mean, we've we've had a couple of episodes where we've talked about our frequency, and we've also talked about the pineal gland and how the pineal gland. Um, is able to see beyond the, the the light spectrum that our physical eyes are able to see. And so I'm assuming that, and I might be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, that the as we raise our own vibrational frequency, that we're also expanding our abilities of our pineal gland to perceive the things that are actual physical eyes? Absolutely, because humanity's consciousness, whether people are awake or still asleep, regardless, the collective of humanity's consciousness of 7.8 beings, 7.8 billion beings on this planet right now, all of it is shifting to a higher harmonic frequency. And that's what these eclipses are really going to, to do, especially this one on the 27th, because that's a 777-11 energetic template. That is the personality of the human named Michael, Lisa, Linda, Nicole. We have been enslaved in a thought consciousness that we are those personalities. The eclipse that we're already feeling the energies of, of the total lunar eclipse in Capricorn or in Western astrology in Aquarius, what that's going to do with the influence of Mars, Pluto, and Saturn is eclipsing shutting off those personalities and the personality that humanity is going to embody all asleep or awake will be that of their self. Now, as this crumbles and, and you're going to find etheric eyesight is taking over even in the unawakened. And what I mean by that is if you have, if you observe, all of you, including including Brian, <laughs> if you observe over the past two months, let's just go with the past eight weeks, the depth per your depth perception, especially if you sit in stillness, say out in nature, or even in your house, practice it if you haven't observed it, you can see more multidimensional. You can your depth perception has changed. Things don't look the same. You look at stars, you look at the sun, you look at 
you just stare out. Like I go outside, sit out here and just stare at the trees, but I can see through them rather than see the trees. You can see things that you haven't been able to see before. The depth has changed, the depth perception. You're seeing more out of your peripheral vision. You're seeing more flashes of light. You're able to see more rainbow colors in the sky just out of the corners of your eyes and stuff. I've noticed that things look differently to me recently. Trees and just nature, it looks, it's like HDR. (laughs) Just everything. Things are becoming more vibrant. Yes, I have noticed that. That's how you can tell your etheric eyesight has been engaged. That's just like age reversal has been engaged regardless if somebody's awake or not. Because Earth herself, what is occurring with these eclipses, and you're, and if you haven't noticed it, all right, time is slipping away from your consciousness. You're losing time. You're gaining time. It seems like just 10 minutes has passed, and all of a sudden, it's five hours later, which is what happened to me today with you. I apologize. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so... As you observe these things, these is, what is occurring is the, con- the collective consciousness we have of the light workers. That's, you know, whatever label you want to give us. We have anchored so much light in now that we have now spread that toroidal field, if you will, to affect not just the light worker community, but the whole consciousness of humanity. Now, in every given moment, we've hit a critical mass frequency. And we're hitting a new critical mass every few days. And the more light, because this total eclipse is, this is, and I said this back on the last show, what everybody thinks is the event is one huge bolt of light. That was not correct, because we've done it in baby steps. Well, we're at the last step. This is where tangibly, whether you have chosen to awaken or not, this is where the last final bolt of lightning of the event is coming in. This is where we connect fully to the Omega consciousness at this total lunar eclipse. And this is the union of the two suns on the tangible physical plane that make up the vesica Pisces. Instead of two suns coming together when it is not in a space of a high compatible frequency, it destructs, it combusts. That's why, human, that's why the event has been in a series of steps rather than one bolt of light because it would have short circuited and annihilated us. The, the human vessels were not able to withstand it. That's why the light has been coming in in, state, in, in stages over the course of the last five and a half years. The planet ascended to her higher, highest state of being in December of 2012. This total lunar eclipse on the 27th is going to fully connect us to that harmonic ascended state frequency of hers. Life, as you know it right now, is about to change for all of humanity in in ways that the human cannot fathom. 
when so, you say that, do you mean again over time? Like over time, some, things are going to change where some people may not really even notice, or is there no, they're really going to be this event type thing that things really change? No, this is where things really change. Everybody will notice it now depending on the frequency they maintain and the beliefs and the inner work they have or have not done. This affects all of humanity. For those that there's some of us at, that this is going to shift us or many of us will be leaving the physical, tangible reality of 3D. This is going to engage that return back to their home star bases, if you will. You'll see, see start seeing many light workers leaving um, and going straight into a 5D higher trajectory timeline existence, light body existence. This is where you're going to see a huge separation in frequency consciousness. And what I mean by that is the higher in frequency you go to, those lower frequencies fall away. Now, and Brian, I know this isn't going to make sense to you, but truly there is only 144,000 beings. The rest are all fractals. So in the higher frequency you go to, those backdrop actors that make up the 7.8 billion fractals of our soul start to fall away. We no longer need them in our presence. That's why it gets so seems to get lonelier the higher in frequency in the deeper into your journey you become, why so many people don't resonate, why there's so much arguments in the spiritual and light worker communities about law of attraction, about balance and harmony, about emotions, about perceptions, because everybody, truth is as fluid as a frequency they hold. And we talked about the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we talked about the 144,000, I think on our last show, and you explained the math that went into how we got to 7.8 billion. Yeah, because that would mean there's only 200 million not native earthlings on the planet. Right. See, and, and you know, you, you talk about, you hear about these elders. There's a lot of information coming in, sweethearts, and as this information comes in, it's expanding the consciousness of everyone. And so a lot of this information is freaky, is scary, is fearful because it rips out these foundations that they've lived under, that they've known. And, you know, change is never comfortable. Well, we're heading it with these eclipses. We got direct polar opposites coming together we got two suns if you will coming together we got capricorn and cancer or in western astrology leo and aquarius well leo and aquarius right now is the north and south node south node is your shadows so the north node leo is your your future if you will your the sun the the positive aspects of yourself and the collective. And so we got a direct polarization coming in to bring in unity. If you remember, August 21st of last year, we had a total solar eclipse in Leo. Right. Now we have a total lunar eclipse in Leo's opposite sun, which is Aquarius. So does this, and, um, 
sorry, Linda, because no, what I've heard a lot within the community from people um, is that they're really experiencing a lot of old traumas coming up, whether it's from this lifetime or la- past lifetimes, and that they're having to clear out more things that they may have thought they've cleared out. Is that because of this union of the um, the Leo and the Aquarius, the shadow and the um, positive parts of ourselves that we like? Like it's kind of forcing us to bring the shadow into an area where we can like ourselves fully? No. <laughs> and I say, I say that so emphatically for this reason. Well, first off, Leo and Aquarius is Western astrology, and that's a veil. That's not true, because that's based on the Gregorian calendar that was created by the Vatican to enslave humanity. Okay. And the Mayan calendar, which is our true calendar, ended when? 2012? When Gaia ascended, when yeah. the Earth ascended. So we are in no time. So what's occurring right now and what is, up until this point, what you just described is what's been occurring. Baby steps. We're done with that. There's this, this is the ripping of the veils, period. That's what this lunar eclipse is in, in Capricorn opposite Cancer is going to do. This is the ripping of the veils. Now, Cancer and Capricorn, um, or Leo and Aquarius, however you, however you need to look at it, is um, significant in the sense that it represents the gates of heaven, if you will. Um, you, you enter through, through Capricorn and, and you're exiting out cancer. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but the influence it's having is this is the, the union of the above and below on the tangible plane of existence. That's, this is the ripping of the veil. What started is the, the Trinity of Trinity eclipses back in August of last year, August 21st. This is this total lunar eclipse on the 27th because it equals 777. Seven is the number of spirit. When you get a triple seven, you have mother, father, son, or the mother, holy, the father, holy spirit, son, however you want to look at it. In absolute full union. This is the ripping of the veils on the tangible plane. They've been ripped in etherically. They've been ripped and dissolved energetically. Now it's going to happen in all of humanity. Not just those that are awakening, but all of humanity. This is, there's, in other words, those experiences in your life where you've been so fixed and comfortable and this, that, and the other, and something happens that shakes your entire world up and your life changes from that point on. That's what this lunar eclipse is because it's bringing, remember you had a total solar eclipse and now it's bringing in a total lunar eclipse and it's collapsing the time from when Gaia ascended on Dece- in December of 2012 and right now. In other words, time is no more as the human knows it to be, especially after this total lunar eclipse. Because 2012, when she ascended to her highest ascended frequency, right? 
humanity's been in a grace period. So they could do baby steps to raise the frequency of their vessel so they could handle that light consciousness. Mm-hmm. This total lunar eclipse is fully connecting, collapsing time in every way and putting that ascended state that happened in two, December of 2012 into the consciousness of humanity now. In other words, those that time frame of five years, that holding space in the void that we've been in, that grace period, that whole five and a half years now is going to collapse. So I made a post a couple months ago. Envision your life, because if you think about it, as soon as she ascended, that's when everybody started to not necessarily awaken, but embody those that have been claiming to have been awakened for 20, 30 years. They were awakened, but they were not embodied for the last five and a half years since she ascended to her highest frequency state. All of us have been in a space of embodiment, releasing that which was not for our, the highest good of ourselves, our soul of all. So if you look over the course of the last five and a half years, you look at everything, you're certainly not the same person, Brian, Lisa, Linda, or Nicole, that you were five and a half years ago. Now, if you morph yourself back to, to the last six months of 2012, and if you observe, there were people that came into your life, whether it was a, a love relationship that went from ecstasy to hell, there was jobs, there was, there was low, where you lived, whatever it may be, something significant or a couple things significant came into your life in 2012. That's when I moved to China. And things were looking really good. You thought you had finally got started on your dream life, whatever it may be. And then everything crumbled and went to shit. And you could have swore that you had just started on your path, your freedom, everything. There's something significant that happened in all of our lives. And for many, it was a person came into their life and and just ripped their heart open. Or there was a tragedy in the family, something. Now, take if you go back to that event or and you observe it, if it was presented to you in the highest timeline that you could imagine, the highest frequency of love if you will, would that have been your ultimate dream of your life? If everything back then had turned out absolutely perfect with no flaws, no, nothing wrong with it in its highest state, would you have considered that your ultimate life? No. Your ultimate dream? No. Not for me. Now, wait a sec. That's the human looking at it from the human aspect of what happened, right? I was living in China. That's not the ultimate anything. <laughs> no, no. Now, you didn't hear what I said. That's your human. If that, what happened, and in, in, in maybe you met somebody in China, honey. I'm talking something that literally Twitter painted your heart and broke it open because it crumbled. Whatever it may be, you know, but when you look at it from the highest frequency of love, if you look at it, if you had met that person or gone on a trip 
and and fell in love with some place or something or seen a house, fell in love with a house, whatever it may be. And you, all right, let me use myself as an experience, as an example. I, I totally get what you're saying. And I can totally 100% say yes to what you're saying. Like, it, right, it, and it's kind of. You see a, a heavenly frequency, would it have been the yeah. ultimate if everything had been perfect? Yeah, no, I, and it's, and if you're saying things are kind of coming back full circle right now in that we're about to enter the gates of heaven, that would have been the frequency then. Is that what you're saying? Well, what spirit showed me and I made a post of it. What spirit showed me a couple months ago was that 2012 when she ascended. Something entered our life in that year. And when she ascended. Everything had to crumble because we went into the void for a five and a half grace per year grace period. And so what spirit showed me is occurring because this total lunar eclipse is going to dissolve the, that five and a half year period from our con the human consciousness to her highest ascended state. In other words, no longer is she going to be ascended in 2012 and we're in 2018 it, where our consciousness is going to merge fully. That time is going to collapse and we're going to jump back to this scenario or that 2012 is going to jump forward and be in its highest state. So our highest trajectory timeline frequencies of, of peace, love, unity, truth, and oneness. It's going to be our ultimate life, our ultimate dream. And what's going to occur is everything is going to immediately start crumbling. And at the same time, that ultimate dream is going to start manifesting. So whatever came into your life that changed your life, changed your heart, your, that made you want to love and feel free and live again back in 2012 and then was totally cut off, that is going to come back and manifest on the tangible plane in our reality at, in, a, in a much higher frequency state of peace, bliss, love, love, unity, without all the problems, without all the, the hurt and the wounds and, and all of that. So can you, just for our listeners and for myself as well, can you give me an example? Because I'm trying to think of my life in 2012 and I can't think of anything too substantial. 2011 I can, but 2012? For me, to give you an example, there was, I'm a, there was a guy, there was a gentleman who came into my life in july july 12th of 2012 and it changed my life it in the sense that i thought i had found that perfect match for me if you will there was enough opposite within us to, to keep it interesting, to keep it fresh, but enough similarities to where we were compatible, if you will. And everything, and this is typical to the human, everything, the honeymoon period gets over and things start to fall apart. Well, in our case, that wasn't how it went. There was, there was a lot of interference 
and it's got, you know, all of those blended families and, and broken families and yada, 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 all that BS, right? And, and so it crumbled, but had, it would have been the perfect relationship had it not, because there was such a deep soul connection to it, right? And, and I could not understand why would this come into my life like this and then just be ripped away. And then I had to go back. Spirit took me back to where I had made a post in 2015 that that's exactly what was going to happen in the collective of the consciousness because she was ascending. And I'm like, wow, you know, we forget some of that stuff. And so when Spirit showed me two months ago and I made that post, it was like, that doesn't even make sense to me. That was horrible. I don't want to go through that heartbreak again. I don't want to go through that tragedy. I sure in the hell don't want to walk through the abyss of hell again and repeat that. How can you say that's my ultimate dream, my ultimate love story? You know, the hell it was. You know, that was the abyss. What are you talking about, Spirit? And Spirit showed me the collapse of the time and that because the earth ascended to her highest frequency at that time because we had been shown and given the gift of those, that emotional feeling that Twitter painted our heart, regardless of what it was. But then it crumbled. Anything, the reason it crumbled is because we could not, our vessels, our frequency could not sustain that ultimate love story. We had to crumble all of the wounds that kept us from achieving that. We were given a taste of paradise. And then it was ripped from us. Now, however, that paradise played out, whether it was a job, whether it was a location, a move, uh, a person, whatever it may be. We were given a taste of paradise and it was ripped out from under all of humanity. And, and for the last five and a half years, if you observe your life, it has not been easy. It has been, uh, you know, there's been a lot of chaos. There's been a lot of experiences and circumstances and, and tragedy and everything occurring for all of us, whether we're, we're recognizing it or not. And, and we're about to go into frequency consciousness now that is going to literally morph us into a higher trajectory experience, reality, tangibly, physically, where we can taste it, we can touch it, we can smell it, you know, and, and this is significant to the human mind. We can't comprehend what's about to happen. It's literally going to be again, once again, going to sleep in one reality and waking up in another, even though it looks the same. But if you truly observe, and I think it was you, Lisa, who said a little bit ago that you are noticing things. Things are more vibrant, but it's subtle. So is it going to be a stairway again? Not really. Because everything has to crumble that is not of curse. The earth itself highest frequency ascended state. We're connecting fully to that Omega consciousness. That's what this last three eclipses is doing. We've already entered the gates of heaven. 
that's what the, that 11-11 energetic template on this partial solar eclipse on the 13 was. For the human aspect of us, we entered the gates of heaven. And on the 8-11 partial solar eclipse, which is the last of this trinity and the last of the three groups of trinity of eclipses we've had since August 21st of last year, this is the 999 activation never ending, never beginning. This is eternal life that we are entering into as of this total lunar eclipse on the 27th. And so, the 1870 so, so, eclipse will feel it. That's when the gate, the doors close. That's when we exit out of the heavenly gates that we enter into on the 13th. We exit out into a full new reality existence, if you will. So this stuff that you're talking about. That, that's my I, line. <laughs> I'm confused. So I get to be the skeptic for a minute. Um, does it translate into this 3D world of ours? Because I know, you know we, we, we always want to be able to, like Brian was saying, you know, see things like Pluto like, or Saturn, the way that we've been programmed to just see things in our life and, opening your eyes to a different point of view, like when you're talking about this stuff with the planets and, and the changes that are going on, I feel like it's not necessarily always recognized as events in your life. It's not going to have a choice this time. This is the tangible aspect. Everything starts ethically and then energetically, and then it comes to the physical tangible plane of existence, which is your physical reality. You're what you call life right now. This is the tangible plane. We've done it ethically. We've done it energetically. This is the event shift in, the, in all of humanity. And it will be seen. It will be heard. It will be felt through every physical human. So, Nicole, can I ask you, do you remember what happened to you in 2012 that made that you can put this together with that? Yeah, well, not exactly in the way that Linda's described it, but um, about five days after the 2012 Mayan calendar, um, like, you know, December 21st, I, um, I ended a very serious relationship with someone who I had hoped that it was going to move towards, like, marriage and a family and, and all that, but it was a very destructive, um, relationship and, uh, for a lot of reasons. And I finally had to make a choice and I just, I don't know, something just came over me in that moment at that time where I just said, I can't do this anymore. And, and I had to walk away. And, it's interesting because the July, when you talk about July, six months prior, there was an actual event that happened. However, it wasn't like this event where it was so great, but it was almost like a foreshadowing of the final event in, at the end of 2012 for me, where it was, um, I was really traumatized um, in an experience with this person that put me in a really dark place. 
And so... You're still open. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't call it a state of bliss by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So would you have, would you have had your soul not been broken open? Say you were completely healed and you had met that person in the highest frequency of love. Would it have been no? Yeah, no, it would have. And, and there are so many parallels that are happening right now to that, that are so ridiculous that it's, yeah, yeah I, I can see where you're going with that. Can I read something to you? This might help you. This might help you you understand it. And this was written by Shane, by by a friend of mine that is actually an embodiment from Lyra. And this might help you. He writes, the energy streaming forth from the constellation Capricorn express the crystallization process into its fulfillment that's that's our light body that he's talking about what we have been working on crystallining right that which gives way to life through the initiation process as an earth sign capricorn produces the densest point of concrete materialization which is your physical life while at the same time producing the highest point of spiritual actualization. It is this crystallization on the material plane that eventually reaches a critical density, shattering the seeds shell and opening the door to the chasm of the never conceived or infinity. The polar opposite to Capricorn is Cancer. In Western astrology, Capricorn and Cancer is Leo and Aquarius. And these two signs are the two great gates of the zodiac. Cancer opens the door into incarnation and the human experience, while Capricorn opens the door into the life of spirit and the vision of the soul in its heavenward flight. Cancer admits the soul into the universe as all souls take their first and only human incarnation in this sign. Capricorn is regarded as another door and is called esoterically the doorway into the life, eternal life, of those who know not death. Capricorn admits the soul into the conscious participation of life, of that world center which we call the hierarchy of the primogenitors. It is said Capricorn guards the secret of the soul itself, the secret of the hidden glory. Now, this is direct reference to the total lunar eclipse on the 27th. This is the story and allegory of Mars, who has gotten little attention because of the inadequate understanding of the flow of energy and an unbalanced approach to spirituality itself. This isn't about the glory of the mother and the fall of the father. It's about the lovers of equality of mutual respect, of selflessness that seeks to uplift its opposite. The wounds run deep, and from time to time, the female has blamed the male, and the male has blamed female. Mars is the tower and the final obstacle releasing the scapegoat. Capricorn needs to acknowledge all of her sensory perceptions to awaken not only to an unrealized sentience, but to a higher skill set with a more daring capacity. 
Capricorn needs the multi-sensory capability of her polar opposite, the fiery passion of the spiritual warrior who will give his life to his beloved. Heaven speaks of a universe telling her story of the light of her life. This is the full union of the above and the below. And that's the influence that Mars is having with this total lunar eclipse. So the veil of consciousness, as you hold right now, is not going to be that after this total lunar eclipse. So do we do we know when this shift is going to happen? You said that some you know sometime soon we're going to you know the the thing that happened in 2012 is going to you know, align with where we are now. Do we know when that's going to happen? It's happened 27. That's the total lunar eclipse that we're already feeling the energies. Oh, that's, okay. what this, that's what this partial solar eclipse on the 13th, the total lunar eclipse on the 27th, and two weeks later on August 8th, or August 11th, the last partial solar eclipse of this trinity of eclipses. That's, that's in, in if, if people, I don't follow other people, um, but there's many channelings, there's many other people out there that, that are talking about this, Unity Grace and a bunch of other people. They're saying the same thing from what people are telling me. You guys are all saying that this is the event. Well, it is because this is where we tap it back totally into our full embodiment of our consciousness, whether sure. we're ready. Or not. Are we supposed to notice something amazing or magical or mystical in our life on August 11th? Well, you're going to feel it long before August 11th. I mean. July 27th. Yep. And you're looking at what is today, the 16th? You're looking in 11 days. Your life is about to change. You're going to wake up and your life is going to start morphing. It's going to start changing. Things are going, and there already are. I mean, have you not felt more magic, Brian? Man, my life is pretty magical, so I haven't noticed anything. Is it more magical than it was in 2012? Well, hell yeah, I met Lisa. I mean, 2012, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, the date that you mentioned was July 12th. 2012 for you for me it was july 9th just a few days before you that i moved to china and that was really the i mean the ending of my my previous previous marriage it was a pretty momentous time time frame but you know i met lisa a year year and a third ago a year and a half ago in 2016 yeah so, so I was, see, 2012 was significant for you. You still look at going to China. Well, that was a pretty rough time for me. That was the ending of my marriage. But really, that was the beginning of, of your life. No, I, I agree. I agree. 2012, right at that time frame that you're talking about, it was a momentous time for me. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think of hard. You, have, you know, you it's hard to... What? And, and isn't, hasn't your guys, and I'm not trying to get personal, forgive me if I, if I am, just tell okay. me, you know, you've met Lisa and the relationship between you two, since you met each other to this point, has it not brought you into a space of a relationship 
you've not experienced before. Oh, absolutely. Yes, most definitely. And see, that is going to rapidly morph into a more unionized, energetic, soul, spirit, human, ultimate love story. Wow. Because if it was going to crumble, guys, you wouldn't still be together, period. These energies would not support it. So you have created, and Spirit has guided you to create to each with each other a very magical, ultimate love story. And if it hasn't read, reached its crescendo, which it hasn't, it's about to in ways that your human cannot fathom. You're going to join in, in a connection that is going to blow your flipping minds going forward by from this and observe this guys from this from the point of the 28th of of july forward because july 25th is the day out of time july 24th is the last day of the galactic calendar or the mind calendar the galactic year then we go into a day out of time on july 25th July 26th is the first day of a brand new galactic new year, a new calendar in the galactic aspect of things. And on July 27th, the next day, you have an absolute total lunar eclipse that is going to put you in full connection to the, to the omega consciousness that we have been derived, deprived from, right? So you have a brand new galactic year. You have a brand new consciousness with no veils that is going to put you your physical human vessel into a frequency harmonics of the heavenly realms frequencies that which we have read in bibles and have only been told stories of that the human cannot fathom with its logical mind that's the harmonic frequency where we will wake up into fully in our human mind consciousness thought process on the 28th of July. And everything that does not support that will immediately start falling away more so than it has already started to crumble. And that which has been built, like your relationship with Lisa, your guys' relationship with each other, that was, you started building a more secure, stable foundation consciously or unconsciously, energetically and etherically. You anchored that in. So that stable, secure foundation that you've been working on, building with each other and individually, is about to take a quantum leap into a much more anchored, stable, secure foundation that is going to last for a long time into the future. Well, I'd say that I cannot fathom that, but you, or hang on, hang on, earlier, earlier you said that when this happens, it is beyond our understanding as humans to fathom. That wouldn't me if you don't wake up with each other within a month, wake up in the sense that you have fallen head over heels in love with each other in ways that you could not even ever dream would ever happen to you in this lifetime. Awesome. 
you're going to find that the last six months of, or I guess July the seventh month, the last five months of this year, as much is going to fall away. But for those of us in higher frequencies and that have anchored in those stable, secure foundations, this is just going to start producing miracles in ways we can't even imagine. This truly is the anchoring, this total lunar eclipse to the human aspect of us. You take spirituality out of this, guys. This is going to have a huge influence on miraculous, magical influence on our human lives in ways we can't even imagine. Well, I'd like and, to... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Because I, I, I wanted to talk about synchronicities, especially as of recent, because I think... I, I Lisa, I know, has had some interesting synchronicities happen. I myself have, and I a lot of my clients have. But I just wanted to share with everyone, because this is kind of tripping me out a little bit. I had to go back and look at the calendar of 2012 in July. And my traumatic event happened the 27th, 28th of oh, July, oh. 2012. Wow. And I remember it like it was I yesterday. Like it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's striking a chord within me quite deeply, actually. The only thing I remember happening in 2012, I think is like, I, that year, I knew that I finally got to the point in my marriage where I knew that I could let this go. It, it took another almost three years, two and a half years before I did finally end it. But it, I did reach, finally reach that point where I felt like I can make this happen. Like this is going to happen. I do remember that from 2012. It changed your life, didn't it? Oh, it absolutely changed my life. Yeah, totally. I guess the decision was born into me at that point. Not that any action was necessarily taken. Right. We tasted paradise in a way, and then everything had to crumble away that wasn't supportive of that paradise feeling. Right. But What's you've had glimpses of it, haven't you now, in the last few years I feel I mean honestly the past I would say four months or so I I just feel like I'm in a blissful state almost all the time I'm just I can't imagine like I just I don't feel stressed I don't feel stressed over anything I just feel happy and relaxed I I mean Brian is awesome and we're now doing great by that by yeah. a thousand, that feeling of bliss. And try to imagine that feeling of bliss magnified by a thousand. It's hard. It's hard to fathom. By the end of the year, that's in a lot sooner. I'm just saying until the end of the year. But that's what's what's being gifted to us with this total lunar eclipse. That bliss, that joy, that happiness, that abundance, that prosperity, that peace, that joy. And it's going to be magnified in the more we go forward from July 28th forward and exit out on this total sol or this partial solar eclipse on the 11th, that it's, it's just going to keep increasing that bliss. Now, for those who have chosen not to awaken, of course, it's going to have the opposite effect in many ways 
because they're going to have to deal with everything that the truth now has the veils being dissolved fully is going to reveal to them. But for those of us that are on the journey that have raised the frequency within us, it's only going to get more blissful and your ultimate dream is going to more easily materialize for you. It's funny, Brian's over here shaking his head like, well, my life's going to get shitty because I haven't <laughs> awoken. That's, and, and see, that's a mindset. That's a belief. That's Get rid of that shit. Oh, sorry. Um, because, <laughs> you can Brian, say if, if that was true, Brian, if that was accurate, let's take true out of it. If that was accurate. All I was, all I was saying to Lisa is, I have chosen not to awaken. I disagree. I can't. If that was true, you wouldn't be on this show. I don't right. see, but everything that I understand about the idea of awakening does not apply to me. But that's your perception of it. That's your perception of it, absolutely. Because you cannot be in the frequency of Nicole and Lisa at all. It would not be supported if you had not, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, or choose to pretend to not be consciously awake of it. And I say pretend with a whole lot of truth behind it, because you do pretend. And you're more awakened than you, your frequency could not handle. Let alone if you and Lisa have sexual exchanges between you two at least once <laughs> and you wouldn't have you wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to sustain yourself in her presence especially have because she is at a high free, higher frequency as far as in a, a normal human that's asleep she is awakened and you could not your energetic frequency could not support it especially having sex with her it would not because she planted that goddess energy in you. So, you know, that's just your mind trying to. Because I don't understand it. But, but I think you also get, you get things on a different level. Like you're, you're, you don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, you may not get all the things that we talk about or whatever, but it doesn't mean that you're not awakened. It doesn't mean you're not getting it or you don't understand. A human will never, a human cannot understand, understand, or overstand spirit because spirit is not tangible. Spirit lives within you. Every word you speak, every feeling you feel, every action you take, every thought you think. I think of it in the way too, like, you know, People who aren't awoken are still very much in the, I'll just say, you know, to an extreme, but like in that victim role or like things are always happening to them and, and, and defensive and there's drama in their life. And Brian is so not that I couldn't be around him if he was like that. But oh, absolutely. He's that, so not that. I can see his soul blueprint. That's what I see in him as being awakened as he just, you know, he... He takes everything in such stride and, you know, doesn't get emotional over things or, you Is know, he narcissistic with you? No. Is he emotionally manipulative with you? No. Is he controlling with you? 
Occasionally he tries to be. (laughs) (laughs) He never sees. Control power over others. You're a piece of shit. I'm better than you attitude of a masculine. No, not at all. See? So, Brian, there you go, honey. Because if you were not awakening any bit, that's how you would be treating me. You just described my ex-husband, though. (laughs) (laughs) Mine, too. All three of them. (laughs) And you know what Brian just said? Say it again. You say it. This is how uh, how I used to be. Exactly. So see, observe thyself. To know thyself, you have to observe thyself. Ten and you have to... So when did that change? So see, you've gone through your awakening and you didn't even know it. I, I told you it happened in China. Right. In 2012, you went to China and you had your awakening there and you didn't even know it. I think, okay, here's where I think things get clouded for Brian and for many people that when you we talk about this awakening that it means somehow that you're going to understand all these spiritual terms that are being used on the show right now and you're going to see things from an astrological point of view or all of this stuff and I don't think that's what it is at all when you awaken you just start to really um, come to better understanding of who you are and the evolution of yourself is of importance to you. You're and, not just and the more you expand that out, the more information that comes in. Yeah. So Brian, for you, like, you know, you weren't you weren't able to just be like what you said, the controlling guy of how she described it before. You wanted to better yourself in a way, and it may not have been so conscious, but you were making choices and starting to change the way you um it's like some of your actions in this world to reflect that which is how, you know, you where you are today. And I know, like, for our audience, they don't get to see that side of you as often. <laughs> but, you know, Lisa and I, from hanging out with you, you're, you've got a huge heart, you're very giving, and you always listen. You're always at least willing to listen. Whether or not you agree with anything, you always listen. And I think those are huge, um, great characteristics and attributes to, to embody. At least for the evolution of self and also the evolution of humanity understanding one another. Well, in 2012, when she ascended, our soul took control. Our soul, our soul started leading us. So, so Brian, you have, you, you've taken that journey and you say that you're not awakened, but like she just said, you've made choices. Well, those choices were led by your soul, whether you're aware that your soul took over versus your your human ego personality. Your soul was guiding you. Your soul's been in command. All of ours are. It just makes it seem like you, the human, that you know that we've done something wrong. We've made bad choices or or good choices or this, that, and the other. When you say you could see the blueprint of Brian's soul, what did you mean by that? I don't. I see energy and tones and colors and symbols and and blueprints and templates. I, I have a hard time seeing people, um, their form. Um, I I see everything through energy. I don't have to physically like see. I, you know, being a walk-in has given me advantages. Um, 
when you can see a soul's template, you can see their blueprint, their original blueprint. You can see the overlays. You can see the energetic blockages. You can see the frequency of their consciousness, if you will. And and like Brian's, if you take an unawakened man, like on Brian, she still has a few overlays there. Not many at all. So, Brian, you've done a lot more inner work than, than you're actually giving yourself credit for and patting yourself on the back. I understand. And because if you're, you have like three layers of overlays on your soul blueprint right now. And that's, that's normal for where we're at as a collective consciousness, if you will. Because those three overlays are directly what's crumbling right now in our realities. Any distrust, any abandonment, any rejection. And it's literally, you're back at, at dealing with those mommy-daddy templates of when you were first incarnated. Yeah, as far as an energetic level here. And now you look at Lisa's. And and Lisa, you're you're sitting at, at two overlays on yours, and again, really, that is fully surrendering to spirit to that full unknown. And again, that's that's what this total lunar eclipse is going to do. It's going to take those overlays completely off the soul and take it right back to the original blueprint, where there was none of those experiences of good and evil, if you will. We're negating and neutralizing all of those those lower timelines, if you will. They're no longer going to be a part of those wounds, those hurts, the evil, and whatever you label you want to give it after this lunar eclipse. And and so when I talk about a soul blueprint, if he was unawakened, there wouldn't only be three layers, layers overlays on it. You're talking, there's going to be a few hundred. So someone like, say, my ex-husband, who has narcissism and control issues and everything you basically describe, you're saying that like someone like that may have like a hundred layers on them. Oh, well, I would say someone like that probably has a few hundred on them. Hmm. Because if they're, if they've done no inner work at all and they are still trapped in that inversion, false masculine Messiah program of victimization, victim mentality, everybody else the world is at fault for the misery in my life attitude existence that we came from right right you're looking at you're looking at hundreds because it's like an onion you have to peel the layer back and then you have to deal in each layer you have to deal with all those issues of your own within that layer but then you have to deal with all the cause and effect ripples you know, all the gossip and all the people that were involved and got involved in it and created, attached to energy and created new stories. You have all those ripple effects. So you're, you're looking at hundreds of overlays, some thick, some thin. You know what I mean? So, Brian, you've come a long way. I mean, your toroidal field, if you can, I don't know if any of you can see energy fields, and, and toroidal fields of other of other souls or not? I don't even know what that is, so I would assume I don't. I can't. <laughs> Do you know what a toroidal field is? No. I encourage you to look it up, sweetheart. I will. I'll Google it. 
um, because the toroidal field is is your energy and auric field. It's and, and uh, the more uh, higher in frequency you raise yourself or awaken. I don't like to use those terms awaken and, and ascension because we're done. We're ascended. We're awakened. You know, it is what it is. And, and at some point in time, we have to let go of, of those stories too, those labels. And I don't even know what I was saying. It looks like it looks like magnetism. Well, it expands out, and the more you expand that toroidal field out, the more you embrace all of the universe that you are. Let's go back to the analogy of the stars I was telling you about. You come to understand that every single one of those stars, every single galaxy, you expand your toroidal field, your consciousness out so far that none of that stuff is outside of you anymore. That's where you come into unity. That's where you come into wholeness. That's where you come into oneness. Literally, you start seeing everything and knowing that it is you. That's the light information that's coming in. And what were you saying about the toroidal field? Or were you saying something specifically about Brian's? Well, that goes for all of us. And Brian's is expanded out past just his own reality, his own bubble. I mean, he he's expanded, and so have you. All, I can see all three of your guys. And, you know, when you first start your spiritual journey, your energetic field affects everybody in an 18-mile radius around you, whether you're aware of that or not. Every thought, every action, every emotion you feel you can rest assured that everybody in the 18-mile radius around you is feeling that same thing in one frequency or another, one aspect or another, good, bad, or indifferent. And as you awaken and raise the frequency within your vessel, that toroidal field, that energetic and auric field expands out. So now you're affecting maybe a 150-mile radius, and you raise it even more. Now you're affecting a 1,000-mile radius. And the higher in frequency you maintain within Nicole, Nicole's is Nicole's toroidal field literally is out to where she has included like five star galaxies. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> and and you know, Lisa, yours is spread out much farther than Brian's. And, and that's not a judgment. That's nothing wrong with that. I mean, please don't take it that way. But the higher in frequency you go, you can expand it out to not only include the Earth and the Milky Way galaxy, but all the galaxies to the point you can ex you can affect everything in the whole entire omniverse when you fully embody your yourself and raise yourself to that frequency of the heavenly realms, the omega consciousness that ascended state of the earth, when you're fully connected to that consciousness, there is no thing, no being, everything you, you, you think, you do, you speak, you, you feel affects everything. And when you ex expand that toroidal field out, you, your energy is affecting somebody in Australia, China, India, it's affecting the entire collective and beyond. Is that something that can be controlled with intent? 
expansion of the toroidal field? Sure, in meditation, you see many people go into meditation and connect and channel and, and expand their energy out and go into that space of the void and, and absolutely. But now we're coming into a space where this is consciously in the human aspect, you're consciously aware that you're affecting absolutely everything. You've expanded your consciousness out there. And when you do that, that's where you get the wisdom. That's the light information because now you're not only tapping into just say Nicole, Lisa and Brian's experiences and consciousness and, and the few thousand people that your pot, your, your broadcast here touches into tangibly, if you will, but you expand it out to include everything and everyone. Would that then explain on a smaller scale, like just here on Earth, the um, synchronicities of that people are experiencing together? Absolutely, because they've expanded their bubble. Because, all right, look at your existence like this. Let's say Earth is a bubble, right? Yeah. And... There are 7.8 billion individual bubbles in here, right? Well, Brian's bubble has connected in and with Lisa's. So now they're, they're not, as much as they're individual bubbles, they're connected. And, and both of them have connected with your bubble now. So now you got three bubbles that are together making a bigger bubble. I like our bubbles. <laughs> and the more you expand your consciousness out, the more you bring in all of those bubbles in. And when you bring in all of those bubbles and the great big hole, and your tiny little bubble becomes connected to you and becomes one great big bubble of the entire earth, you have all that information of every one of those experiences. That's the wisdom. That's the Akashic Living Library. When you expand your consciousness to include all of the earth, when you allow your bubbles to all join, it's like one great big giant puzzle. And when you expand your energy field out and you accept everybody as yourself, as divine, as holy, as pure, regardless of what this physical vessel says is 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 poor is rich is australian china black white pink you know regardless when you expand your consciousness out to be the earth's consciousness of all living things trees plants elements it don't matter you no longer have anything outside of you you have all the wisdom of every single being now brian any one of you, because you've connected your energetic fields, you literally can tap in without even talking to Lisa or Nicole, and vice versa for you ladies too. You can literally tap into the knowledge of every experience you've had in this lifetime and any other lifetime. You guys are lucky to tap into my knowledge. <laughs> because that is what is in the Akashic Living Library Living Library of the Earth or the Omega Consciousness. That's light. That's information. 
I feel blessed every day to have my energy field next to Nicole and Brian. <laughs> Amen. Ditto. That's a beautiful thing. And the more we join, and that's where unity comes in, is because we don't all have to think the same. We don't want to think the same. We all want this information that we each, each other holds, this knowledge, so we can expand our consciousness out. Yeah. But we all don't want, we've been taught to be the same. We don't want to be the same. No. Brian holds information and wisdom that he's experienced through his lifetimes and, and his experiences. And same with Lisa and, and me and you, Nicole, and everybody else. And when we don't have to be right or wrong, and we can just see every person we connect with that they have knowledge they have codes they have information for our soul to expand then we're allowing ourselves to expand it for all of the collective of all of humanity to tap into to embrace to embody you know that the three of us it really is amazing we are all so different and just just the love and the respect that we have for each other and our different points of view on things and our different life experiences and the openness that we share with each other is I pinch myself nearly every day I mean it's really quite it's quite amazing yeah and it's something that will last for eternity regardless if, if you walk different paths or not isn't it uh, yeah, definitely. It's not like friendships of the past, say, 10 years ago, where your bestie from grade school up into through your first two marriages, and then it fell apart. It's not like those friendships, those connections. No, the, the relationship that I think the relationships that we have with each other, for me, I can only speak for myself, but is like nothing I've ever experienced in my life before. And that's the magic of this. Yeah, that's pretty magical. We have been given. That's the miracles we have been given. And if you look, truly, we are so blessed. Mm -hmm. Because if you look from 2012 forward, as much as our lives have, have crumbled in many, many ways, our lives have become so much magic, more magical and miraculous in, in so many ways, and so blessed through through connections and through experiences and. And in and, and what we have defined as coming alive and living and love has truly the labels and definitions that the human had before is not the same as it is now. My life is a million times better than it was in 2012. Yeah, I, I went home <laughs> recently. Brian and I both went back east recently. My, uh, one of my sisters, who's a avid listener of our show, um, got married. And it was just the most incredible experience. I'm from a very big family, youngest of eight. And, and it was a difficult upbringing that we had, you know, lots of dysfunction and, and things. But the way that my family all interacts together right now, I mean, I... I felt like I was in heaven. I just could not believe that this was my family and that 
how much love we all have for each other and how well we all got along. It was truly blowing my mind. I was just like, this is, I have died and gone to heaven. I mean, between Nicole, Brian, my family, and my children, I'm like, things can't get any better. <laughs> but they can, and they're about to. It's crazy. And, and that's the beauty of it. And look at how far you've come. Yeah, I know. And look at your family. Look at how their consciousness in the last five years, regardless if they're awake or not, has changed. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Everything you're saying is is definitely, I can see, you know, true even though I can't pinpoint an exact date in 2012. but sit here and share all this information and all this wisdom that Spirit has given me. But I tell you, you know, even this morning I made a post. I mentioned it on the live video I did. Um, I had a, a huge experience. And even I know who I am on, on a soul and spirit level. I, I know without a shadow of a doubt who I am. And... My human still cannot comprehend and put logic to the information that I get within that is given to me. And that, you know, we've been taught to live by sight. And, and this is why I say the human mind will never logically be able to understand spirit or the magic and miracles that are being bestowed upon us because even the high frequency I maintain and exist at, it still blows my human. It's just like, and, and that's where you learn to live by faith. Faith is the truth of the trust you behold. And, you know, that trust you're in the hell isn't in our human content, our human aspect, you know, truly. And, and that's where you literally just, the world thinks you're crazy or, you know, the world shows us that, that it can't be possible. It's not true. You know, science shows us otherwise, you know. And truly, it is a surrendering to faith, to the unseen and the unknown and the unheard. To allow yourself to be flowing rather than fixed. That's, I mean, I think that's the key there. That's definitely the change that I made in my life about three years ago was that I was going to just have faith and trust in following my joy and letting go of all the things that society tells you you're supposed to be doing and to keep safe and, you know, all all that. And and doing that has just brought so, so many amazing things into my life because I don't live in fear anymore. I live in trust and faith. And you have to, otherwise you cannot get through these energies, literally. You know, if all, if every person that listened to your broadcast tonight, if every single one of us sat there and spent, took the self-discipline for the next 24 hours and focused just, regardless of what is a presenting, focused just on that which brings us joy. Okay, that person pissed me off, but I'm going to focus on this. This makes me happy. Going for a walk, playing with your dog, you know, immediately focused on that which truly just made them happy rather than the stresses and the anxiety of the human life right now. Truly just 
focused on joy, do you have any idea the impact it would have on that individual's life? It's that's how I live my life. And that's yeah, Brian is actually been a great example of that to me and and what i've realized and what you said is just so spot on but it's in the very small things throughout your day i think sometimes the, we think we have to do big things and it's not it's just taking the time to you want to take a bath or like you said you want to go for a walk or sit and pet your cat or you know not engage in an argument that someone's trying to have with you and you say you know what i choose to walk away i don't this isn't bringing me joy i don't want to be part of this anymore you know it's it's in the little things and and just deciding to love yourself we yes. say that a lot it's but it's so true well you know think about this for a second let's look at this from this lens of perception for a minute the human aspect of us has been taught to focus on the minute things of planning, of stress, of worry, of the future, right? We have we make lists and bullet points and this and that and saving that. money, financial security, right. and <laughs> and they and in 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 the in the opposite polarity of that, at the same time that they're they need to know the minute details of everything. They have to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. But at the same time, they're looking for huge miracles, big miracles. And in the process, they can be so minute, detailed about stress and planning and this, but they don't allow themselves to focus on the tiny little minute miracles and magic. They want the big on one spec into this pendulum. They want they only want to see the big miracles, otherwise they don't exist. Um, the dog agrees. And then on the spiritual side of things, you have, um, you you train yourself to find the, the little things. You know, stop and smell the roses becomes not just stop and smell the roses. It literally becomes no. Stop and enhance the energy and the smell and the fragrance and the beauty and the magic. It's not just. Oh, well, stop and smell the roses. Take two minutes and sit here. Okay, you're pretty. Bye. You know, and, it's like, and I was just going to say, you made me think of like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you make yourself a cup of coffee and you grab your coffee and you rush off to work and you drink it in your car and, and you don't even enjoy your cup of coffee. You know, like right. take they time to sit down coffee. and sit down and just enjoy what it is that you're doing or enjoy the meal that's sitting in front of you. You know, we eat while we're driving or eat while we're at work because we have these lists that we got to get through and we got to be productive. And, and it's just taking time, slow it down. Right. And if we would take the time to, to make those ABC binding detail plans and focus that energy on finding the tiny little minute miracles of life, of the very breath that we are, the very beauty, and allow that cup a cup of coffee to give us that heartgasm, you know, right. to give us that that bliss. That and you know, take the time to truly make love to every moment rather than make chaos with the stress and anxiety. If we would. And that's what those of us on the spiritual journey, that's what we, we have overwritten and trained our mind to do is to spot the minute magic, the minute 
subtleties, the, the little miracles, because you can't see the big miracles. You cannot see the little ones first. You just can't, because those big miracles are never going to happen. If you cannot recognize the little ones and be grateful for the little ones, that penny you found on the ground, you know, that feather when you were walking, you know, that sign, that synchronicity, you know, when you start to be to notice those little things, they build to where you can recognize the big miracles. Because those big miracles are not what the human thinks are miracles. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's so important to really, what you said, Lisa, is take that time. If there's things that you're doing that you really enjoy, but you're not giving yourself that moment to, to actually enjoy it, you're going through all the other emotions or emotions, I should say, like really if it means like, for instance, just using the cup of coffee as an example, if it means just waking up 20 minutes earlier so that you can actually enjoy your coffee, it's going to completely shift your whole day. And it's going to shift the way you feel about things going forward in your day. Like I totally resonate with that because whether it's having my tea or my coffee in the morning is one of my favorite things to do. And I make sure that I've got enough time for me to just sit down, enjoy it, whether it's whether it's enjoying it, reading something, or just enjoying it with a sun rising, like whatever it is, it's such an important part of the day because it's how you're starting the day. For me, when I start, when when that the human stress starts taking over for me, and and I start feeling frumpy, if you will, you know, I go out to the store and I'll buy rose petals and I'll take a bath in rose petals. Now that might sound crazy to some people. But for me, before, it was always, no, I can't do something like that. You know, that money needs to go to something else, or this needs to go to something else. And I've learned to really bring luxuriousness, I guess is a good word, in the most simplest ways into my life. Yes. And... And I think that's important for all of us. Very important. Very that's important. That's great, great advice. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because if we start feeling frumpy, you can rest assured everything around us is going to be frumpy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I don't choose to focus on frumpy, you know? If, if I'm having that lack of confidence or, or something, you know... I'm just feeling really stressful, heavy, dense energies of the collective. It doesn't matter. You know, that's what I do. You know, I can spend five bucks to go to a state park and take a hike. Well, then I can spend five bucks to go buy some rose petals and soak in a bath for an hour and I'll come out and the whole, the whole world is going to be happier. <laughs> you know, it makes so much sense. I mean, and we've been, we've been programmed not to, to do that, to, not to take time for ourselves or spend money, you know, on ourselves for things that just make us happy. Like that's a waste of time, you know, and it's not, it's the most important thing that you can do. You know, how, how many of us actually take, let's get personal for a sec here. You know, when we're in a relationship, how many of us in the past or maybe present have taken time you know, we all hear about sex and, and, and foreplay and this and that, right? 
but how many of us really took the time to get lost in the moment rather than it lasting two minutes or five minutes, but to let the luxuriousness of feeling in any way expand out to an hour or two hours without the outside world dictating, no, you got to hurry or no, I'm too tired or no, I can't do this or no, you know? And when we allow ourselves to expand that bliss out and take that time, because time doesn't exist. In the moment now, right now, when you're making love and enjoying that coffee for 20 minutes, time doesn't exist in that moment. You are making love to that cup of coffee. You're making love to those rose petals in that bath water. You're making love to that path that you're taking a nature walk on. You're making love with it. Or that bottle of beer. Or that bottle of beer. <laughs> or that point. Or, God forbid, those who, who are still addicted to, to something even more harder. You know, whatever it is. Or just the time that you have together. Like Brian and I, we eat breakfast and together almost every day. And we end up eating and, and sitting at the table for like just 20 minutes. Just even if we have things we have to do, it's just like we just take the time to be together. And it's, now, it's now try this. everything. The next time you guys have breakfast to each other, sit across from each other. We do. And stare into each other's eyes as you're eating. And don't let your eyes waver. And you're going to find that that energy of the two of you staring into each other's eyes is going to turn from just you taking a bite of scrambled egg, staring into his eyes or her eyes. You're going to start to be able to see waves of energies the more you do it flow between you. And you're going to literally, you set that intention, you stare, you're literally going to find yourselves making love to that bite of toast. Simultaneously <laughs> to that breakfast, and it's going to connect you in a way you can't. You, it's going to blow your mind. If you stand there and stare in the eyes of anybody, at first it's uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Try this exercise seriously. Stand, whether it's your sister, your your family, your boyfriend, whatever it is, stand there and stare at each, into each other's eyes, and Try and, and tell that person something positive. At first, it's uncomfortable, especially if it's some a family member, too, really. At first, it's uncomfortable, and at first, you can start saying things, and then it goes silent. As you stare into their eyes, the whole energy changes, and all of a sudden, you start remembering the good things, and everything falls away. And when you do that, and like you two, if you share breakfast together, and it's, and it's already wonderful... Stare into each other's eyes, literally stare the whole time while you're eating. And you're going to find that you literally are making love to each other in a way that defies what making love is to the human mind. And it's going to change your entire day. I want to hear about that. <laughs> you know, if, if couples woke up and the first thing they did besides giving thanks for a brand new day... 
you know, being grateful to, you know, giving thanks to Creator for a brand new day. If couples would spend the first five minutes every morning turning around, not doing anything, not just staring into each other's eyes with and, and, and allow that feeling of I love you, today is going to be a beautiful day. Not talk out loud, just feel it. It would change the relationship in the day in ways, no matter what occurs, it would not affect me. Remember when you were a teenager and you had your first crush and, and you were in love, puppy love, and it didn't matter. Your dad could whip your ass for being late from curfew or, or missing curfew or whatever it was. Nothing could bring you out of that blissful on top of the world. I'm in love feeling right. Mm-hmm. Right. If if people if couples would stare into their eyes first thing in the morning when they woke up before they ever got out of bed for five minutes and connect, never again would in, they would stay in that space of euphoric. And there's nothing in this outside world that could affect them from that bliss, from that love, from that connection, because that light. And that love, that energy was magnified because they connected before they started doing anything. They allowed their their souls, their spirits, and their energetic fields to connect in bliss. And that's how they started their day. And you can do that with your mother or your sister or your roommate, Absolutely. your friend. Yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, say you guys are, you know, your sister or a friend or whatever is, you know, is having a challenging time or whatever, and, and they're agitated or they're emotional or whatever, you know, so take their hand, sit them down and say, here, just stare into my eyes, just stare into my eyes for five minutes. And if you have to think about something, think about anything positive that you can say about me, just stare into my eyes. And your eyes hold the power. When you stare into their eyes, they can connect to your soul. And you can uplift them in a breath. Yeah, I love that. I think that's excellent advice. And I think it's a really cool, I don't want to call it an exercise, but just something to really bring into your present moment in the morning is something different to try um, executing Because I think that's where everything just gets lost is that we're not connecting the feeling of anything. We're just going through the motions. Absolutely. And that other thing you recommended about, you know, just take the next 24 hours to to do the things that bring you joy. That's another great exercise. And anything that sneaks in there that's not joy, man, call that violet fire from your heart. Call forth that violet flame and transmute that shit. (laughs) I accept you. I don't like it. I accept it. But now I'm going to change you to something joyful. (laughs) Transmute that energy and go to that joy. That needs to be on a t-shirt. I'm going to transmute that shit. (laughs) Some, some, to some effect in some way. We got to, we got to make a t-shirt with that in there somehow. That's, yeah, that's great. Trans, it's transmute that shit. Yeah. Except it and move on. 
Well, thanks so much, Linda, for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure. I love having you on. You always have such incredible wisdom to share with us. And I, uh, you know, the last show, I, I had to listen to your show a couple times to absorb it all because I couldn't take it all in in one go. And I just learned so much from you. And I know sometimes it's over the head, but I know my cells are absorbing it. And so thank you so much for, for sharing everything that you did today. Oh, was- thank you, having great information i loved it thank you so much so let's dance guys and brian celebrate you you've come so far yes he does honey your human might not dance his he does dance though he's good at it i don't know why he says that he just doesn't like to people don't know this about me but i like to move my body Move it, baby, because that gets that energy going. At least I didn't mean that derogatory. Don't pick that no, up. <laughs> Move it, honey. Just dance. Kiss you really. can't defend me. <laughs> the, dan- the, 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 the dance, It's life is a dance. It's what it's about. It's dancing. Sometimes we have to slow, do a slow waltz, and sometimes we have to do a cha-cha, and sometimes we have to do a tango. Right now, we're in a fast tango, but dance. Because that gets the energy flowing. Well, thanks again, Linda. Um, I, I'm going to be in touch with you soon because uh, I just love our little chats. But uh, <laughs> thanks again. I apologize again. for not answering your message this morning. I was on my way to the lake to do a water meditation. No, not at all. I know how, uh, I know how life can get going and then I'm guilty of it myself. So don't worry about it. But thanks for thanks for coming on and um, thanks for sharing all the insight with the upcoming uh, lunar eclipse and all that. Yeah, if anyone wants to, are do you are people able to still follow you on Facebook? Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Okay. And and uh, I'm setting up a new web a website here. It should be up and running here in the next couple weeks. We're working on it. But yeah, they can message me or anything. Okay. Well, I'm good, I'll, good I'll, at decoding energies. <laughs> I'll leave a link to a Facebook link, at least for everyone who wants to know, because Linda does do live Facebook uh, videos where she's giving updates on the energies and stuff. So if you're interested in following her, uh, I'll make sure to leave a link of that in the show notes. Um, all right. Thanks. Well, everyone, have a great evening and thanks for joining us. And to our listeners, uh, we love you all. If you have um, any information that you'd like to share with us, uh, please do so at our email, info at enlightenup.us. And we did receive some responses regarding the last podcast of people trying uh, the device and their experiences. So we might share some of those uh, soon on the show. And if you haven't uh, emailed us in your experience and you'd like to share it with us, please do that as well. All right, everyone, have a great night, and we'll be back with you next week.